listening to the Worcester Observer podcast because you have impeccable taste. Hello and welcome to the Worcester Observer podcast. I'm your host, Rob George, and joining me as ever is Claire to take you through what's been on the head, what's making the headlines, even on WorcesterObserver.co.uk, in the paper, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're everywhere. We are everywhere you look. And I thought I'd kick off with a, an update because I've just checked the Virgin Money Giving website for Oscar Sachs, I believe, the £500,000 that needs to be raised for his treatment in Singapore, I believe. And it has reached a quarter of a million pounds already. Oh, my goodness. That's in, like, just over a week? That Yes, just over a week. I think we're just short of the fortnight. So, yeah, a quarter of a million pounds oh has already been raised. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. We know a little bit more now that treatment will be involved in Singapore. It's going to be a flight over there for and everything, but it's going to give this little boy and his family the best chance of surviving. So if you can give, please do so. Um, a number of schools, including Oscar's Pit, uh, Maston Primary School, will have Oscar Day on October the 11th in support as well. So find out more about that. We're going to do something in the paper as well next week, uh, trying to bring it all together because there's so many people just getting involved and putting um, events on to raise money. I think it's absolutely terrific. And a huge shout-out to, it's a, not a Worcester business, but an Evesham business, Bradford's Carpets, Bedding and Flooring. I hope I've got it in the right order, if it isn't, but it's Bradford's in Evesham. They're donating money um, that they've set aside, um, but they're going to donate it to his cause, and they've asked businesses across Evesham and Pershaw to donate. So this is not just a Worcester story, it's a county-wide, even a UK-wide story. More power to you if you donate. It's just it's going to give the little boy the best chance of life, and I can't think of anything better than that. Uh, just give you a reminder of the address, uk.virginmoneygiving.com, and search for Hand in Hand, in Hand for Oscar. You'll find it's the first one on there. And is there a deadline for when we need to get to the half a million? It's as soon as possible because there is a window of um, opportunity, opportunity that is um, f- because his leukaemia will only get worse. So, But we've got a quarter of a million. Let's really step up the fight now and really get involved and let's get this money raised for such a wonderful little boy. And... Um, Oh, right, I'm just checking something. Sorry, I've just, I should explain. I've just come off deadlining our Evesham paper, so my mind's a little bit wandering at the moment. But I've been assured by our wonderful sub-editors that all is well for the Evesham Observer tomorrow. So let's actually go through some of the stories making the headlines on WorcesterObserver.co.uk. I'm going to start off with a former Worcester man has been jailed uh, for 16 years for his historic sexual abuse committed in the city against a young girl in the 70s and 80s. Philip Oliver was jailed at Worcester Crown Court last Friday when he was found guilty of abusing the child who was aged from 4 to 14 in a 10-year period in the 70s and 80s. And I say good good on the, um, the courts for the sentence and I hope that this encourages more victims to step forward and have the bravery because my total support is for those that come forward and get the justice that they deserve it after just, all this time. It just makes you feel sick, doesn't it? And you're right. I think people, young women especially, and men nowadays, they need to know that it's okay to talk out yeah. because I think so many people, you know, this is this is horrible that this happened in the 70s and it's only now it's yeah. coming to fruition and he's getting his just, you know, what he deserves, basically. Um, but, yeah, people need to be able to 
be able to be open about this and talk out. Definitely. And if I give you a, a nod in the direction of West Mercy's excellent victim advice line, which is free, independent and confidential support, it's not reporting it to the police. It may lead to reporting it to the police, but it's in a, a free, confidential line where you can seek help from 0800 952 or visit uk for more. Oh, that's good. So it's actually a whole independent body, which will then... Well, it's, it's involved with West Mercy, right. so I wouldn't say independent, but it's okay. advice and support for those that may have suffered as well. So it's not reporting it to the police, but it's sort of... They can help the you then yeah. with the process. Oh, that's a really so good... excellent thing. resource yeah. been set up by West Mercy Police and more power to them as well. Uh, one picture that I hope you were... If you've seen the paper already, because we were recording this on Thursday lunchtime, if you have seen the paper, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's coming on the website, I think, tomorrow. Uh, but children at Worcester's Abbey House Nursery have a new prickly friend after a forest school leader teamed up with Bromsgrove's Willows Hedgehog Rescue Centre. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous picture. And... Um, I'm obsessed with hedgehogs. Uh, yes. I love hedgehogs. I'm actually writing a little children's book about hedgehogs <laughs> at the moment. And seriously, like, that is such a cute picture. And it's so great that so many people are rescuing hedgehogs at the moment. One of my friends has just rescued 10. And she's got little houses like this that she's built herself all throughout her garden. <laughs> and she feeds them. And they're all doing really well. They're all rescued hedgehogs who have come to this amazing lady who actually lives in Worcester. We should get her on the podcast we one day. Um, but she rescues them from all over the country with broken legs and all these ailments and she nurses them back to ha- um, life and then she finds amazing homes to put them in but um, yeah they're such amazing little they creatures. Are. They are breaking news on that front we have a hedgehog in our back garden at home. Oh have you named him? Sonic <laughs> Well my characters in my book are all called like Einstein and Einstein. Yeah, I've got all like crazy little names for them all yeah. but um, yeah you can get very creative with I your hedgehog out, I went out because our dryer is in the shed outside hmm. and there was this thing I thought because it was dark yeah. and my eyesight isn't the best anyone who's seen a picture of me knows I've got double glazing glasses <laughs> uh, on and my eyesight wasn't the best I thought it doesn't look like one of my son's toys hmm. and I thought okay I, I've th- thought about leaving it and I sort of, luckily, gently, I approached it, looked down, and there was these two eyes looking at me as if to say, hello. Ah, well, you know, most people often think they're doing the right thing by leaving out bread and water. No, that's a massive no. no. Uh, sorry, not bread and water, bread and milk. Yeah. Definitely no. They Hedgehogs can't drink milk. It, it kills them. It basically yeah. can poison them. So it's water that they need and cat food. Apparently oh, they absolutely food. love cat food. I see. Well, I thought it was dog food. Oh, I, I bet it's I bet. Because I bet the, the thing, the with, thing with cat food, if I put it off, that we've got loads of cats living around our street. Mm. So if I put cat food out, it'd be like a delicatessen for them. I, I'm sure the cats probably would eat the dog food as well, though, wouldn't they? they? Probably, yeah, <laughs> probably. Probably they, they, they are that crazy. <laughs> Mm. Um, one thing I do want to bring up because I think it's hilarious, hilarious story. You'll find it on page four of the paper if um, you've got the paper. It's online now at worcesterobserver.co.uk. A runner who entered a half marathon on the run continent will receive a medal and um, race finishes medal and T-shirt after completing the distance anyway. So what do you mean? Sheila Pereira booked a place on last Sunday's... We talked about it on the podcast last week. Last Sunday, Air Products Worcester City Half Marathon. (laughs) I just realised what's happened. She booked it (laughs) and she'd got a runner's number and everything. No one batted an eyelid. (laughs) Until I tell you Sheila lives in Worcester... 
Massachusetts, the United States of America. <laughs> this is the best story ever. So she turns up for the Worcester Marathon. No, she didn't turn well, up. Well, turned up in Worcester, she, Massachusetts, she USA. She booked a place <laughs> on what was a thought, because Worcester is a city in Massachusetts, yeah. so it is the Worcester City Marathon, only to find out that the race was taking place in little old Worcester in the United Kingdom. Oh, my goodness. So However, she, she ran it anyway. However, despite that, she ran <laughs> the marathon distance anyway, sent the organisers proof of the run that she'd done, so they sent her a medal anyway. Oh, and I love it. They'd love to welcome her yeah. in person to Worcester, Worcestershire, she UK might, next year. <laughs> she might take on the 2020 race. I just think it's absolutely brilliant. That's that she... the best story ever. We need to send her a copy of the paper. <laughs> yeah. does, she, does she know she's in the paper? Let's get in touch with her and <laughs> send her a copy. Maybe she's listening. Sheila, if you're listening, well done. That's Let's be amazing. honest, podcasts go global, so we are going global. Another good thing, I'm filling it full of good news this week. Talented teenagers from Christopher Whitehead Language College have released their debut CDs. Mm. Uh, thanks to funding from uh, a county councillor and a local community interest group, but also support from local record producers as well. This is Emily Musto, Sapphire Wilkinson, making out the names, they could be famous. Now, I've heard these two girls perform hmm. at the last year's Best of Worcester Awards. They are talented beyond words. So if that's anything to go by their performance in front of a crowd of people in the historic Guildhall, then the CD's bound to be worth um, listening what, to. What sort of music is it? Uh, Emily is the head cor- chorister at Decarney at the Wor- Worcester Cathedral. A lot of classical music. She's got a beautiful voice. Sapphire writes all her own stuff and she performed her own compositions at the Best of Worcester Awards and that'll be on her CD as well. So they're not in a band together? This no, is individual, two, they've each two got... Separate, oh, okay. Two separate teenagers with very different talents but immensely, immensely talented and I wish them all the very best with it. Both, I should mention, both go to the excellent Christopher Whitehead Language College as well. Amazing. Uh, terrific. And on staying on that musical theme... Popular Music Library is back up and running and on song after being relocated to Seven Arts in St John's. Now, we've mentioned Seven Arts before. They want to do their travelling music box, which you can still uh, donate uh, towards as well. But for the last nine months, the Worcester Music Library volunteers have been unpacking and reorganising the collection, which have been stored across a number of sites all over the city, but now it's all under one thing. You can borrow uh, sheet music and you name it, it's there. And there's a Christmas collection coming up as well. Yes, I know, it's the end of September. I've mentioned Christmas. <laughs> Zip it, I won't say any more about that. Now, um, were you hit by traffic in Worcester last Friday morning? Oh, I've had so many people moan about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, tra- it's a difficult one, isn't it? I don't know where I stand, because I support these protesters, but then, yeah, I just wish they wouldn't do these protests as people were trying to get to work and things. Well, I went along and sort of viewed it. I, I went along as more of an observer than as a journalist. As an observer, I had to realise. I didn't mean as the observer, um, as an observer... I have no doubt they're peaceful. Hmm. I have no doubt they're peaceful and this is not um, a sort of an anarchist arrangement. And I do understand that the reason, you know, if we're going to get climate change up the agenda, they've got to do things to grab the attention. But uh, we got an email. Uh, <laughs> I like drawing attention to it. I know everyone should say <laughs> we should edit that out, but I think it just shows you just, you know, how relaxed we are about things. <laughs> um but as I said in my editor's comment this week, I'm not sure annoying people is going to get them to rally to your cause. 
We need people like this, the Green Party, Greenpeace, Extinction Rebellion, people that are passionate about the issues. And by didn't know about the issues, to educate us simpletons that don't spend our lives learning about it. I don't. Mm. But if I was to educate, if you sit me, is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can... Are the simple changes I can make? And because you're right, it puts people's backs up when it it makes them late going to, you know, class or school or or work or something. Totally. Um, But, I mean, then again, the other side of the argument is how do they get noticed unless they do do these sort of things? So, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, let me state very categorically, and if you read my editor's comment on page uh, 10 of the paper this week, you'll see... I have no doubt at all climate change exists. I have no doubt. I am not a denier of anything, and I'm not of that way. I just think there are better ways to get it across. Education, take the people with you. Mm. Educate us and take us with you on the journey. Don't antagonise people, I think. Absolutely. And to be honest, I I was reading up on it um, the other night, and we're actually pretty good in the UK. We're right up there with the best in the world. And our councils across the country are really making plans and a difference. They want to help. And it's countries like China, which are doing nothing from what I see. And Germany, which we've talked about it before. And Germany was dictate to the rest of the world what they should do. And I often find it's really hypocritical in Germany because they are still building power stations every week. And it's just, quite frankly, it's it's wrong, isn't it? And Trump is... withdrawing from various agreements as well. This is a global... But, but I think the children of today... Need, it sounds like a Michael Jackson song or something. That, that they do need to maybe start boycotting Chinese products or something. You know, we all, But they, yeah. they're always the first to have a new iPhone every yeah. year and want all these electronics that, and there things. Is, therein is the problem. Yeah, it's um, that's where I find it a little bit hypocritical. I mean, I need a new iPhone, but I... I Keeping mine for a good, you know, I'm going to see it through until it dies because I know yeah. that I want to start making a difference. And little things like that do make a difference. They do, definitely. I just, I, I don't know. I, I do hope, I know I've got a lot of stick from my comments about Greenpeace, but I still maintain it. What did you say? I challenged them to come on the podcast. Oh, and okay. They said various things. They wanted to pre-screen the questions and they wanted to hear the podcast before it went out. We don't do that to anybody, and I'll make, I'll repeat that now. But that wasn't an attack on Greenpeace and what it does. I actually wanted Greenpeace on that because I wanted to talk to somebody knowledgeable and the individual involved, who I won't name because it's unfair, because he is very passionate about green issues and I'm not going to lumber him in with what the national group decided. But I wanted to have someone from Greenpeace on literally to talk about that and say, okay, well, what can we do? Hmm. You know, let's talk and put it on the podcast and say, what can the average person in Worcester do? Yeah, Because absolutely. if we all make changes and add to the work that's been done, hmm. I don't know, but... Well, you know, I've, I've lived in America for, you know, the last 11 years, really, and I do find that California, especially, our people are a lot better at doing their individual bits. I mean, nobody in California... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, obviously. Some people do. But people don't throw bleach down their toilet anymore. No. People do use eco-friendly products. We're not just putting all these pollutants on our surfaces in the kitchen and throwing it down the sinks and you know i think education you're right we need to get these people you know these kids maybe come on the podcast and teach us about things like that because i do find in britain it's all a lot of moan 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 and they don't really tell us what to do necessarily 
and I will repeat it, and I'm boring, and, and regular listeners, including my dad, will tell you this is probably boring because this is probably the 700th time I've said it, but the most basic thing to start off with, packaging of everything we consume, it has to be a law that it can be said recyclable or not. Absolutely, 100%. Because if people can see, ah, oh, I don't need to throw that in my bin, people will recycle. But you've got to lead them to the water. Absolutely. What do you think about Greta Thunberg at the moment? I love her. I'm a massive fan, and I know she's getting lots of criticism on both sides. But I did see a photo of her on a train in America last week, and she's literally surrounded by plastic packaging. Mm. The drink cans, the crisp packets and I do feel like I mean I know but I I mean I love her I love the message that she's doing she's suddenly a figurehead for this movement and she's made getting people to notice but it's um, a little bit awkward isn't it it's I I love her passion and I love that somebody is so I don't think I don't like the people that say she's been manufactured no no young girl of that age speaks with that passion if she doesn't believe it herself. So it's rubbish. So anybody that wants to put that on you, shame on yourself. And I will speak out and I will say shame on you. My only concern is she has autism. Mm. And lately she's speaking and she looks under the most intolerable pressure. Yeah. And I think there should be an element where her parents shouldn't be afraid to step in and say she can't do all of this. Mm. And she can't do it all on her own because... It's not fair on her. She's still a growing girl. She's still a young girl. She's got a life in front of her. And I know she hasn't got a life if climate change and the world changes dramatically, but her health is also important. She is... By autism, she's got Asperger's, right, which yes. is the high-functioning yes. type of... I mean, I know that's a huge it's a form spectrum. Of autism, and, yeah, um, But some people are, like, geniuses, aren't they, they with are. Asperger's? But I, I just... I don't know whether it's the father in me or mm. what, but I think that... You're that protective. There's a duty of care for her as well, and the constant pushing her to the front is not... There should be a balance between that and looking after her health and her welfare as well. I've noted her, her message is effective, and it comes across... I just hope that it's in balance with looking after her as well, because there's no point in her being driven into illness, because then... If nothing changes and then she's ill, then everybody's lost. I love what she, um, you know, Trump apparently wrote that message on his Twitter about her being, well, he was being sarcastic, everyone's saying about how she's a happy young girl with a, you know, brilliant, bright future or something. And she literally changed her description of herself on her own Twitter page after he wrote that as, you know, Greta Thunberg, I'm a happy young girl with a bright future. She's obviously witty and she's yeah, on the ball so. and she's embracing it. So good on her. Good on her indeed. And just to end this sort of really positive and uplifting podcast, because there's so much good stuff and this I love more than anything else. Fernal Heath mom's troublesome Veruca, which turned out to be cancer, is joining forces with her sons to make a stand against the disease. You'll heard of Stand Up For Cancer, the Channel 4 and Cancer Research fundraiser that I think takes place October the 11th, 13th time, around then. You'll see, I think there's a programme on now that celebrities are trying to swim the channel all in aid for stand-up to oh, cancer. Oh, yeah. Who's been doing it? And he's lost loads of weight. Oh, the guy from TOWIE. Gemma, Gemma Collins's boyfriend. Oh, Arge. Arge. <laughs> yes. He's been training. I, I keep seeing him. I think he's on my Twitter or something, and I keep no. seeing his progress. 
Dear, dear listener, I don't know what Towie is, to be honest. I, I just happen to know that I've seen that. I you do know not who Arge was. He's the big lad, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Well, he's doing it, but he's lost loads of weight. He looks fantastic. I can think so. He's swimming the channels. Gonna, you are going to lose some weight. But anyway, Rachel Solverson. Rachel, if I've got your surname wrong, I do apologise. It's Rachel Solverson. She works as an administrator at the Haresfield GP surgery on Newtown Road. Um, she had a Veruca that she thought it was just a Veruca on her foot. It turned out to be cancer, and she has been through the wars. Read the story, page eight of the Worcester Observer, if you've got it. It's going online over the weekend. But more power to her for raising it, and also more power to her sons, Josh and Kieran. These are two very, very burly young men. They're wearing orange tutus. <laughs> they don't look very burly in this picture. They're wearing they're wearing beautiful ballerina outfits. But yes, they but... <laughs> look beautiful ballerinas. There's three pictures. They're they're strapping young lads, put it that way. Yeah. And they're wearing um, tutus in support of the, their mom. Oh, and um, it's a fantastic picture. Do read the story though, because what Rachel's been through is absolutely awful. But the spirit and the fight in her, just like Oscar, as we started. This podcast off is something to inspire. Amazing. Do you know I was talking about verrucas um, to some of my American friends, and they never had them. No. They don't know what verrucas are. They don't know what verrucas are. I'm sure. I think all British kids have a veruca, don't they? Growing yeah, up, yeah. Everyone has. Like, I mean, we even have those. I was telling them that when you used to go to the public baths, and they still have them, don't they? You, yes. You have to like trench through that chlorine. Yeah, that chlorine <laughs> and it's always cold and slimy yes. and horrible. And but, your feet stink. But they don't have any of that in oh. America, and I don't know why. I've so, if no... any medical practitioners yes. are listening to this and know the answer, why Americans oh, don't have? On. Oh, I'd love a GP on. Yeah, we could ask them all our. I'm a total hypochondriac, so it would be no, great for no, me to I be No, I don't want a GP on, because you're right, I'd join you. It would be a podcast, and, oh, I've got this. I know. And I've Googled it, and no, one, no. One of my best friends is a doctor, and I'm constantly saying to him, oh, we, Gary, will you just look down my throat? And, oh, look at my... I'm constantly doing it to him, and he's like, Claire, no, you're fine. You're well, not dying I'm, yet. you know, I've always... I was always Dr. Google. Mm. And I've just realised, no, Dr. Google is not your friend. If you Google everything, no. A trained medical professional will tell you Google won't. Google's brilliant, but it won't tell you everything. Yeah, it can be terrifying. Please, please, please don't. I just want to wrap up this section because we're going to do Claire's What's On Worcester Roundup. I just want to go to the back page. I don't know why I keep referencing the paper because we're being digital and we're being futuristic. I just want to say a massive congratulations personally to Pat Brown, the young Worcester Rapids uh, pace bowler, 2020 star, um, who has been selected for England for uh, his first ever England call-up for the T20 Tour of New Zealand in November. Fully deserved and a long, long overdue, may I say. I think it should have come a lot sooner. Sadly, he wasn't been able to help Worcester retain the trophy. It was agonising on Saturday uh, as Worcestershire lost on the last ball of the final. Oh, no. Uh, and couldn't retain their trophy, so it was agony, but with some good has come out of it. Pat Brown has been on the England tour he's a wonderful wonderful unassuming young lad and he's got a great future in front of him so well done Pat what do these guys do Rob all through the winter do they go off and if they're selected for the country they go and play for England in Australia Um, but uh, yes a lot of them will go and play what they call grade cricket which is like county cricket in this country in Australia South Africa I think Daryl Mitchell went to Zimbabwe. And they're allowed to do that, but he'll come back as a rapid player. He's been signed up for next year. Yeah, this is just seeking work. A lot of them are on 12-month contracts anyway, but this is the idea to experience. It's great for young cricketers uh, making their way in the game to spend 
a summer in Australia, sun on their backs, but play on the different pitches. The Australian pitches are very hard and bouncy, so if you're a batsman, the ball gets to you a bit quicker. What a lovely life. Why wasn't I a cricketer? I fancy like yeah, spending wish... my winters in Australia. And... Well, yes, I've always, I always said if I ever won the, the Euro million, what was it, 150 million? Oh, is it it's still going? Is it still I, going? I think so. I don't think anyone's if won I'd it If I won yet. it, I, I'm taking off from this place. I'm going to watch cricket all over the world for a year. Is that your number one go-to sport? Yeah. Are you, are you following the rugby at the moment? I am. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I, I'm be honest, I don't understand it still, but it's lovely to see. And the Urugu- I think Uruguay beat um, Fiji, I think, yesterday. And uh, the the Uruguayan captain just broke down in tears because it was like their only, only their third ever win at the Rugby World Cup. And I thought, don't tell me sport don't matter. Sport matters brilliantly. Fantastic. And you know, like in Worcester, we obviously have a lots of, well, not lots, but quite a few often through the years, yeah. players who play for England. Do we ever have any Worcester Warriors who end up playing... We've got, um, yeah, Chris Pennell. The we, oh yeah, he's played for England. Uh, Jack Singleton has. Ben Teo, who's now left the club, played for England as well. Anyone would think you're the editor of a local paper or something. You know everything, Rob. <laughs> Don't know everything. I've always said I know the most useless information. <laughs> My wife can watch a quiz show with me, and I know the answer. And she's like, "How do you know that?" I'm just like, "I know all the most useless information." I wish I was more like that. <laughs> oh well, you um, you know more important things. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, Right, well, that is a roundup of the everything you're going to see, worcesterobserver.co.uk. We're talking about some guests before we started recording this, so let's hope we're going to get some. I'm going to dig up um, and see if there's any guests I can. I've got some ideas that I keep meaning to write down and then actually explore, and then I forget, so please in tune. But a quick um, online interactive note, baby competition. If you've had your baby toddler photographed, uh, at the Worcester Guildhall by the lovely Andrea Pell in the... Well, when was it? It was the start of um, September, actually, because we've had a bit of a break. Pay attention. Wednesday of next week, so Wednesday the 2nd of October, the 0-17-month-old finalists, yes, they've been chosen, will go online. And then on October the 9th on worcesterobserver.co.uk for both of them, the 18- to 36-month-olds will be live and you can start voting to your heart's content then. Tell me again, Rob, who chooses the... You do it very fairly, I remember you saying. It's it's me and Andrea. We look at the pictures and we come up with a short list. And then the public can then get on and vote. vote. You can vote for your 20. You can vote amongst the 20 and pick a winner from the 20 that we've shortlisted. But I spent over an hour yesterday. I've said it on previous podcasts and I'll say it again. I've spent an hour yesterday trying to whittle down. It was nigh on impossible. Oh, I bet it's the hardest decision To ever. anybody whose child has missed out, I am sorry, but believe me, it was the hardest decision because we have to do 20. We can't. Mm. And often it's not, re- like, it's not real life. Your child sometimes is much more beautiful. It may be just the picture isn't perfect or vice versa, isn't it? I, I, some people... I, it's literally been like... <laughs> some, people, some people are just... So photogenic and look amazing in photos. It's not even that. I have. I can say categorically, I have rejected some absolutely gorgeous children. Oh, they're all gorgeous. But it was just to get it down to twenty. I'm sorry, but if you do have a finalist in, if you if your child is in there, then please, please vote. All the details will be online. We're going to do a news story on Monday. As we record this on Thursday, on Monday we're going to put a. A story up saying when the um, votes and the categories go live and how you vote. 
All the information, though, will be with the 20 pictures oh, I can't and wait how to you see can them. vote. So get on voting, and because it's a wonderful prize. And um, I think that's that section of the podcast finished. We're going to now see what's coming up in the Faithful City over the next seven days with Claire's What's on Worcester Roundup. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's What's on Guide. Thanks, Rob. Yes, looking through this weekend, loads of things to see and do across Worcester and Malvern. A couple of my top picks starting on Saturday, the 28th of September. The Worcester Male Voice Choir have their annual concert going on. 7pm at Sansom Walk Baptist Church. They're going to be performing songs from their repertoire, a mixture of classical, traditional, popular and gospel music. And if you've never experienced the Worcester Male Voice Choir before... Where have you been? We're so lucky to have these guys on our doorstep. They're truly magical. You've got to check them out. Go to their website, WorcesterMaleVoiceChoir.org.uk for the full list of where they're going to be performing. But otherwise, just get yourself there, 7pm on Saturday to the Baptist Church on Sansom Walk. And um, you won't be disappointed, I promise you. Also on Saturday, music fans are invited to the biggest Motown celebration of the year as Detroit Magic will be at the Swan Theatre recreating the musical magic that launched the stars. And we're talking Diana Ross, The Temptations, The Four Tops, Smokey Robinson, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. They did them all. Detroit Magic tell me they're going to propel us through two hours of the greatest Motown and Northern Soul hits of all time with boundless energy, nifty dance moves and the precision to detail needed to recreate the sound of the world's most popular record label. It's going to be a fantastic night. Get your tickets from worcesterlive.co.uk. There's also a great Foo Fighters tribute act to catch on Saturday night. These guys are called the Foo Fighters, and I keep hearing amazing things about them. They're going to be on at the Mars Bar Saturday night. You can get your tickets on the door there. And also on Saturday, it's September Song at Elmsley House in Malvern, which I highly recommend if you're into your classical music. Monteverdi to Sondheim. It's going to be an evening of songs from the 18th to the 20th century, given by three very talented local performers. It's always a great time, too, at Elmsley House, and all the proceeds from the evening are in aid of Malvern Special Families. So that's a good cause there. £12 a ticket, and you can get them from Malvern TIC and also online through Eventbrite. Otherwise, just give the Elmsley House a call and they'll sort you out there. Moving on to Sunday, the 29th of September. And this is exciting. The BBC are holding talent auditions at the Worcester Arts Workshop. Basically, every BBC local station, including BBC Hereford and Worcester, are giving you the chance to get yourself on air. Auditions are being held, as I said, at Worcester Arts Workshop from 10am. So all you have to do is turn up and wow the judges with a story. Your story could be something about you or something local that you care about. In fact, they say anything goes as long as it's your own story. Each judge is going to give you a verbal yes or no. So it sounds a bit like X Factor, doesn't it? Um, Three or more yeses mean you will go through to round two. It's open to anyone as long as you're over the age of 18. But you don't need any previous experience or anything. So just get yourself along if you fancy a career in broadcasting. And who knows? You might just be discovered. Then afterwards, perhaps you can head on over 
to the Artisan Wedding Market, which is happening at the Royal Porcelain Works on Sunday, 11am till 3pm. And if you know anyone getting married, definitely tell them about this. It's a wonderful opportunity to like pick up some ideas, meet contacts in the wedding world. I've been to one of these before at the Royal Porcelain Works. And it's just great. I've, I've been to wedding fairs all over the place, but these guys just do it really, really well. So tell anyone you know getting married and hopefully we'll see you there on Sunday. Then on Sunday evening, we've got also loads of live music happening all over Worcester and Malvern. Check out this week's Observer or our website for everything. But just a few to mention that I'm going to hopefully try and see. Um, Neil Iverson, yep, he's going to be putting on a show at 5pm at the Imperial in Worcester. Always love a bit of Neil. Richie, who I keep hearing incredible things about and haven't actually caught him yet, but he's going to be on at the Lamb and Flag on Sunday night. And there's also an open mic night happening at the Bluebell in in Malvern on Sunday night too, which is definitely worth going to. I was there at the last one and absolutely everyone was brilliant. Such a talented local lot we've got here in Worcestershire. Have a lovely week, everyone. And remember, if you've got an event going on, tell us so we can tell everyone. Back to you, Rob. Thank you, Claire. Uh, thanks for the What's on Worcester Roundup and thanks for your contribution again this week. That's been a rattling through podcast, but I think it's also been a positive one, showing once again how much great stuff is going on in this beautiful city of ours. But until next week, I've been your host, Rob George. Keep up to date with us online, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. But I think we're done here. Bye-bye. <laughs>